Hey everybody, it's Mark. Welcome or welcome back to the New Spring Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free New Spring app where you can access all of our recent message content. Actually, the app is the easiest way to share all this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around here at New Spring. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, I gotta confess, I love new stuff. I got friends who are into antiques. I've got two words to describe antiques, old junk. I know some of you are into it. Hey, listen, I know the problem is with me, but there's no sense in mailing me or sending me a message. I'm just never gonna get it. I love new stuff. I love the feeling of taking something new out of the box. I bought myself a Christmas present at Cabela's. Am I wrong about Cabela's being a great place to shop? I mean, I just, it's close to the church. It's gotta be of God, you know, to, to go to Cabela's. And so I kind of researched this item that I wanted. I went over to the counter and looked at it. The lady, very, very smart lady who was selling, she, she told me all the information about the item that I wanted. She took it out of the case. I looked at it. I said, it looks like it needs me. I want it. And, and uh, thankfully I'm not preaching about materialism today. But in any event, I said, yeah, I'll buy it. So I expected her just to take that to the, you know, have it, have it at the counter and I would buy it. But she said, well, sir, just a moment. She said, let me go back to the stock room and see if we have one. And then she said the magic words, new in box. Hey, I was fine with that one. Then, but then a few moments later, she comes out with a box. I mean, she cuts the tape, opens it up and there it is. I mean, it's all wrapped up. And all of a sudden I didn't want the one I saw before. I wanted the one that is new in box. I love new stuff. Don't, I don't like old stuff. I just like new things. I like the smell of new cars. I, I, I like to go look at spring parade of homes, fall parade of homes. Don't want a new house. I just love the smell of a new house, somebody's new house. I love new clothes. I love new plans. I love new years. And most of all, I love new beginnings. And that's what we're going to be talking about. In this series, Renew, Be New, for four weeks, we're going to be talking about new beginnings, but here's the deal. We're not just going to go surface. As you're going to tell by this message, we're going, we're going deep. We're going to be plowing deep. We're going to talk about stuff today that's going to challenge our old way of thinking. Well, I often think about God, and I, there's so many things I love about God, but I got to tell you this. The one thing I love about God more than anything else is God will let you start over. Have you ever noticed that even the people that love you the most won't let you completely start over? Because they may love you, but they still remember the junk that you did in the past. And here's the thing about God. God is the one who will let you be completely new. He will let you start over. And so if you don't get anything else out of this talk today, I just want you to know in this fourth service at New Spring, whether you're in South Auditorium, North Auditorium, watching online, watching on television, I want you to know that God is completely open to you starting fresh. That's why today's talk is called Start Fresh. God is into new. Now, let me just blow your mind with a verse because I'm telling you, I brought this message four times. I wrote it. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what I'm about to show you. In Romans 6 verse 4, the Bible says, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. That's true. That's the only way he could have been raised by the dead was from the glorious power of the Father. Well, okay. He's like, okay, that was Jesus. So God exercised his power raising Jesus. Now look at the next two words. So we, two, might, and here's what blows my mind, habitually live and behave in newness of life. Now, did you see what I saw there? Habitually live in newness of life. 
See, what God is offering us is a newness that is continual. It is like every day we continue to be new. Now, as I said, this is going to expand our thinking because we live in a material world. We're familiar with time. We're familiar with aging. And somebody could say, Mark, I do not understand how I could live in perpetual newness. I don't understand it spiritually. I don't understand it mentally. And I sure don't understand it physically. Wouldn't the passage of time make me old? Well, I agree that's the way the world works because the best that the world can offer you is refurbished. Hey, you're like me, you get on Amazon, you're looking for an electronic device or something, and you see the price, and then right below that, it's got a lower price, and you're like, oh, that looks like a less expensive seller. And then you click onto it, and you see that it's refurbished. And I gotta tell you, whatever word the world wants to use, refurbished, reconditioned, if you're looking for a car, they use the word certified, just means used car. That's the best that the world can offer. It means old, it means used. But God exists outside of time and space. So consequently, God is not affected by the aging process. He's not affected by the passage of time. And your God is offering you the opportunity by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead to allow you to live in habitual newness. Newness in box. Now, you know what I'm like, those of you who are New Springers, I'm gonna give you a lot of scripture here because I want you to know the word of God. But like I do sometimes, I'm gonna give you three verses every week. And this, these three verses are gonna be the spine of our series. So let me introduce them to you right now. The first verse is in Revelation chapter 21, verse five. We're talking about heaven here, but I want you to listen to how God speaks in the present in this verse. The one who sits on the throne said, I make all things new. This is like God handing you his business card. Who are you, God? God said, I am the one who makes all things new. I love this. I have a hard time wrapping my mind around it. But God is like, I'm into new. Mark, I make all things new. I can make you new. I can make your marriage new. I can make your relationship with your kids new. I can, God, God is God. He can do, he's outside of time and space. And God says, I make all things new. That is who he is. That is his nature. And he has the power to do extraordinary things. If you know the Bible, you know that there was a season for 40 years where the Israelites were leaving Egypt and they were going to Canaan, but because they choked at a moment of destiny, they had to wander in circles for 40 years. Now listen to what God said to these people. For 40 years, I led you through the wilderness, yet your clothes and sandals did not wear out. How does that happen? Don't have a clue. Hey, I, I took physics, but I don't know how that, how that works with physics. And yet God was like, I was able to keep things perpetually new. Our church name comes from John chapter four, verse 14. Jesus is talking to a woman who felt very old. And that's one of the things that really bothers me about our culture today. Our culture is so warped and so messed up. I meet 20 year olds who feel old. And this woman felt old. She'd been married five times, sleeping with a man who wouldn't give her his name. She had been used and abused and she was just, she felt like her life was over, that she was just marking time until she died. And yet Jesus made a trip just to see her and he met her outside a well. Now what Jesus said to her is where our church gets its name. Jesus was explaining to her the kind of newness of life he could give her. He said, those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. That's how we got the name New Spring, from that verse. 
Jesus was telling this broken woman, you feel like your life is over, but you haven't experienced new yet. Jesus said, I came here so that you didn't have to come draw something out of a well. He wasn't talking about material water there. He was saying, I can put life in you that just keeps springing up and makes you new every day. That is what we're talking about. That's, that's the first verse. I make all things new. Verse number two, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a, look at these next two words, new person. Anyone who belongs, well, we already know who God is. He makes all things new. He makes all things perpetually new. And the Bible says anyone. You say, Mark, are you talking about me? God is. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Who wouldn't like to start over again? Who wouldn't like to start fresh today? The old life is gone, that verse says, and the new life has become. Well, you could be here today and say, Mark, I, I came to know Jesus a lot of years ago, and uh, a lot of water is going under the bridge. How could, how could it be new for me? Hey, I was eight years old on the playground in my school in Fort Worth, Texas, when I've been over a water fountain, remember what the preacher had said the day before, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. I'm not eight anymore. That has been a while. But here's what the Bible says. Here's how I can be new. And here's the third verse. The first verse, I make all things new, God says. Verse 2, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Anyone who is in Christ is a new person. Now the third verse, Lamentations 3, verse 22. His mercies have no limit. Look at verse 23. They are new every morning. See, I don't know about you, but I screw up. I mean, I fail. I mean, I want to live for God, but every day I just, I just slip here and I slip there and I fail to do everything I should do. But here's what the word of God says. My experience with God is not old because every morning his mercy train is running new. It's on a brand new schedule. So when I get up in the morning, I don't have to fear what's happened in my past because I put that, I've laid that at the cross of Jesus. And the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. God said, I make all things new. A man or woman who is in Christ is a new person and his mercy train runs every morning. We have the opportunity every morning of our lives to start fresh with a clean slate, not with past, not with baggage, but starting new, starting fresh. I don't know what you get out of that, but I get out of that, that anything's possible in 2023. A lot of us, we, we struggle with that. But that's, here's the thing. Jesus said that. I, it's not that I'm saying that. In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, with God, everything is possible. What do you think is impossible today? With God, the one who makes all things new, it's possible. Someone's like, Mark, I'm not buying it. Thank you. You're just blowing sunshine at us today. I've tried this before. Well, I need to go back and read that whole verse that I just gave you. Because the whole verse says, humanly speaking, it is impossible. See, even if you're a God follower here today, if you're living your life evaluating things from your material observations, if you're living your life by the luck of the draw, the law of averages, the roll of the dice, if that's how you're living your life, then you're going to look at all these possibilities and you're going to say it's impossible because Jesus said, humanly speaking, if, if that's your venue, if, if, if that's your context, Jesus said, I'll, I'll admit, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. What, that's what we want to do in this series. We want to move that humanly speaking out of the way, and we want to pull in that with God part, because everything is possible. Now, there's something else that can cause us to struggle with this. Because as you have a God who loves you, you have an enemy who hates you. And the Bible calls him Satan or the devil, and he's not the caricature that you see in artwork. He's a sophisticated spirit, and he works... 
You know, I've had people tell me, well, I'm afraid the devil's going to make this happen or make that happen. The devil works by getting you to think in different ways. You know, as I look back in my life, the damage has not been what the devil's done to me. It's what he can get me to do to myself. Now, here's the deal. If you're sitting out there wondering if it's possible to have a new beginning and you're starting to feel a little doubt about it, you need to understand your enemy is desperate to trap you where you are and to keep you where you are. And he's going to use what I call the three P's. And here they are. And see if this isn't true. Because if you, if, if, if you say, Mark, I've tried this before. I've talked about having new beginnings before at New Year's, but it just didn't work. Here's the first P, the past. Some of us is like, well, I could begin again, but I've just gone so many miles down bad road, the past. And then that leads us to the second thing, patterns. Mark, I'm just weak. I just found myself doing the same old thing, being with the same old people, you know, making the same mistakes over and over and over again. I just don't think I can be new. Well, that's the enemy telling you that you're in bondage. You can never leave where you are because of the past and because of patterns. And the third one is people. Like, it's just my crowd. It's the people that I'm with. And some of us need to change our crowd a little bit. But I understand for some of us, they're, they're just people in our life. You cannot change who your mother is. You know, you can't change who your dad is, can't change who your kids are. But here's the important thing we need to understand. It, they don't keep us from having a new beginning. They may bring some challenges and difficulties in, but nobody can keep you from having a new beginning in Jesus Christ because if you're God's daughter, everything is possible. If you're God's son, everything is possible. And when he comes to you and tells you 2023 is going to be just like every year before, you tell him he's a liar. Jesus said when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. And so if you're not feeling that you can be different today, you fall back on the word of God. We'll get to that in just a moment. But someone's still struggling. Hey, Mark, I'm struggling with this perpetually new thing. I'm 40 years old. I've got history. I've got baggage. I've got junk in the trunk. How can I be new? Well, I'm going to take a risk here. And because what I'm, where I'm going right next is mind bending. It's mind expanding. And it's going, we're going to have to like pull loose from how we've been conditioned to think in this temporary material world. I started to ask you, who do you think you are? But that could, that could come out wrong. <laughs> you cannot be defined outside the context of eternity. See, we're so inclined to define ourselves by the context of this temporary world, this material world. We, we tend to define ourselves by our bodies. For instance, you can be here today and you can say, I am old. You're not old. Your body's old. The person you are on the inside is not old. See, that part of you is eternal. But, but you know, we, we tend to define ourselves by how we look when we look in the mirror, uh, how old we are and all that kind of thing. You cannot be defined outside the context of eternity. Let me give you an illustration. My parents and my brother are gone. My parents lived late in life. My dad was almost 90. My mom was into her 90s. Both of them died with dementia. And I got to tell you, and those of you who deal with a, a person you love who struggles with late stage dementia, Alzheimer's, you know that's a very difficult thing. It doesn't come with a manual, does it? And it was very painful to see them leave this life. My brother Roger died at the age of four with brain cancer before I was born. Now, let me ask you a question. Do I define them by who they were in this life? I'm going to go to a place that's really sensitive, and I'm kind of awkward and uncomfortable saying this. I would not have told this while my parents were alive. 
But I just want us to understand this. I want us to own it. I want it to be memorable. My brother Roger died, as I said, with brain cancer before I was born. My parents at that time lived in, uh, well, my dad was pastoring in Fort Worth, but they were from South Texas around a little community called Burnett, west of Austin. And my parents at that time decided they wanted to bury Roger at a little cemetery uh, west of Burnett called Mount Zion Cemetery. But there's also in part of that area east of Burnett that's called Hoover's Valley where my ancestors settled. And there's a family cemetery there called Hoover's Valley Cemetery. And dad, as he was getting closer to dying in 2013, called me one day to come to the house and he said, Mark, I've decided that mom and I have decided we want to be buried in Hoover's Valley. And we've got Roger buried out there in Bertram. And he said, Mark, can you just see if there's any way that we can move Roger to Hoover's Valley? I reached out to my uncle, who was a very wealthy man, very powerful man in that area. And I called him, I said, Uncle John, dad wants to move Rogers. Any way we can do it? He said, I'll take care of it. And so I went down there for that relocation. In fact, my family had a service that was kind of interesting. I preached. I thought it was strange. It was as if I preached the funeral of a brother I never knew. We sang, all Hoover sang. Austin, you know Austin and Jonathan and, and, and Stephen and Jared. Just my whole family sings. And we sang, but before I went to the cemetery, my uncle pulled me aside and he said, Mark, I have to tell you something. I'm sure my parents didn't have two nickels to rub together. They had buried Roger in a small wooden coffin. He said, and he was buried in 1953, I believe. He said, Mark, when when we dug the grave, there was nothing to move. He said, we just moved the soil that was under Roger's grave. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that my brother? Does that define him? Does brain cancer at four, the fact that we couldn't even find anything to relocate, does that, does, no, that doesn't define him. And let me just tell you, if that's true for him, if that's true for my parents, that's true for you. You are not what you look like. You are not, you're not defined by what happens in this world. You're not defined by the ugly things that people have done to you. You're not defined by the stains that are on your past from decisions that you'd like to have over again. Now that leads me to the second thing. Maybe this is just another way of stating that. We can only be defined by who we are in the presence of God. So that is it. If you want liberty, if you want freedom, Deb was talking about that this, this week when she was leading us in that song. If you want freedom, you have to see yourself as God says you are, not how you look in the mirror, not what people say about you. You have to say, I am God's daughter. I am who God says I am. I'm God's son. I'm not even defined by how old I am. I'm not even defined by this world. I'm defined how God says I am defined. And from that moment on, we begin to live in freedom. A few moments ago, I gave you 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any person's in Christ, that person's a new person. Let me go back and give you the verse right before. Let, let this bend your mind a little bit. From now on, verse 16 says, we regard no one from an earthly point of view. Now, now that I've taught you what I've taught you, do you see why that verse is there? In other words, we, 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 don't, we don't define people by what sickness they have. We don't define them by how old they are. We don't define them by what they do for a living. We don't define them by what they drive or where they live. We don't define people from an earthly point of view. Therefore, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And that's why today and for the next three weeks, I'm bringing you a little series called Renew, Be New. Because you see, if God says I'm starting fresh, I'm starting fresh. I may be 60 years old. (laughs) But hey, if I am who God says I am, I'm not worried about that today. 
because I'm new, I'm fresh, I'm eternal, and I can live a new life, and 2023 can be my greatest year ever because I'm God's child. So, you know me, I always want to be practical because I always want to make sure anytime you walk in here at New Spring, you can take something that you learn and walk out of here and your life will change. So let's do that. Let's get practical. Let's say I want a new beginning. And by the way, this is not even a sermon. This is just the introduction of the series. Messages start next week. <laughs> what do I need to do today to have a new beginning? Well, faith is everything with God. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. And this faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, I want to be real clear about something because I got friends who are non-theists and they say, Mark, you're, you're a person of faith and we're people of science. And you know, I know they're very kind to me, but they're sort of between you and me, they're kind of patronizing me a little bit. And the problem is they misunderstand the definition of faith. They think that faith is believing, wanting something to be true so much that you believe it. That's not faith. That's fantasy. I mean, that's, that's, that's dangerous. I'll be the first to admit that. Faith is always based on fact. But see, here's the deal. If all you measure life by is what you can see, smell, touch, feel, taste, you're going to hit a wall. Because you, if, if all you can ascertain is what's in the material world, you're going you're to come to the edge of that. You're going to come to the outer limits. And I got to tell you, anyone who's reasonable at all is going to understand there's more going on than what we can see, smell, feel, touch, taste. Now, here's the deal. God is on the other side of that curtain. So when God tells me what's on the other side of that curtain, it's not that I'm wanting something to be true so much that I believe it, but based on the character, based on the truthfulness, based on the wisdom of God, I recognize, okay, God is going to tell me stuff that I can't, I can't touch with my senses. So I'm going, to put, I'm going to believe that. That is what faith is. Well, if we're going to have faith today, if we're going to begin a new beginning and faith is going to be part of that. We need to do three things. Let me give you three verbs. Number one, believe you can be new. Now, again, this is not wanting something to be true so much that we believe it. No, no. It's based on the word of God. If God says I can be new, I'm going to believe it. The word of God says I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I may not have the strength. I'll be honest with you. Before this fourth service, I was kind of getting worn out. And I didn't want to let you down. But you know, you, know how, you know how I'm able to speak this, this service? Because God has given me the strength to do it. That's, that's power that's outside of me. I don't have that capability. If your life is going to change, I, I don't have any capability at all to change it. I'm giving you the word of God. It's the strength of God that you're feeling is going to make you a new person. So number one is believe that you can be new. Number two, claim that you have what the word of God says you can have. See, if I believe it's true, that can be passive. I can walk out of here and say, okay, Mark talked about being new. Do I believe it? Technically, I do. Claiming it personalizes it. Cautious here. Because I know there's some extreme stuff in the Christian world where people like claim they're going to have this or claim they're going to have like, like I claim I'm going to have a new Mercedes. That's not what I'm talking about. Because God hadn't promised me a new Mercedes. But I got stuff in the Bible that God says I can have. And so if I want my life to be new, I'm going to need to claim that. Can I have permission for something for just a few moments? I just want to give you some scripture, a bunch of scripture. And notice the word new in these scriptures because I want you to know you can have this. Here we go. Psalm 51 verse 10. By the way, anyone have a little, you feel a little dirtiness in your heart over some choices from the past? 
Or do you feel like you're a little unsteady because of maybe an emotional situation or something? Listen to Psalm 51.10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. That's there. By the grace of God, I have a pure heart, even though I'm guilty of many sins. And on top of that, even though I feel a little unsteady in 2023, the Bible tells me that I can claim by faith that God will give me a steadiness that I don't have right now. Isaiah 40, 31, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Look at this next one, Habakkuk chapter three, verse two. Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Oh Lord, renew them in our time. That's like reading in the Bible about the great stuff that God did for those people. The writer of Habakkuk is like, God, renew them. Do them in my house. Do them in my family. Do them in my marriage. Do them with my kids. God, do your mighty acts. Make them new in my life. Ephesians chapter four, verse 23. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Anybody here need a new, new tude, new attitude? Hey, I do sometimes. But see, I'm living in perpetual newness by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. We'll talk about that next week. Put on your new nature created to be like God. Psalm 119, 114, you're my place of quiet retreat. I wait for your word to renew me. God's word translation, Isaiah 57, 15, I will renew the spirit of those who are humble and the courage of those who are crushed. Is there anybody crushed today? Maybe people have pushed you down and crushed you. And yet the Bible says that God is able to give you a new spirit and a new strength. Even though people have hurt you, you don't have to stay there in 2023. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, this is why we never give up. Though our, <laughs> if you're like me and you got a few years on you, look at this next part. Though our, our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. You're like, Mark, I'm 20 years old. I don't feel like my body's done. Just hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> man, when I was 20, I was 28 when I came to New Spring. I thought, man, I, I'm not 28 anymore, 38 years later. So the Bible says the part of you that's eternal is getting new every day, new every day. Psalm 103, verse 5, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Colossians 3, 10, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Ephesians 4, take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside. Now, so many of us are, you know, I guess there's nothing wrong with this. We always want to look new on the outside, you know? We use the cosmetics and some even use the surgery and different things, you know? Hey, so wait, I mean, that's okay, I guess. Nothing wrong with that. But if, the important thing is to be renewed from the inside. By the way, it would probably impact our outside if we could get renewed from the inside. Psalm 94, 19, Lord, when doubts fill my mind, when my heart's in turmoil, quiet me. Give me renewed hope and cheer. Isaiah 43, 19, God said, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Wasteland, somebody here, you don't know how you're going to go forward. And God's like, don't worry about what you can't see. I'm doing a new thing in your life. I'm going to figure out a path. I'm going to figure out a way in that wasteland, in that desert that you're in right now. That's what I'm saying. Claim those verses. If God says you can have them, you can have them. I love Vance Havner. He's with the Lord now. He's a preacher from yesteryear. I've got a lot of his books in my office. Vance Havner said, God's promises are not mottos to hang on the wall. They're checks to be cashed. 
That's where we are today. <laughs> you just walk. If you got a promise from God, walk up to heaven's bank and claim it. Now, here's the deal. God says you can be new, perpetually new. Forget the mirror. Forget how many candles are on your cake. Put your Medicare card behind your day planner and just go out and live the rest of your life because God says you are perpetually, continually new. Believe what you Believe what God says and claim what God says you can have. And on top of that, declare that Satan's three Ps have no power over you anymore. The past, the patterns, and even people. Okay, that's practical thought number one. Here's practical thought number two. And this one's going to kind of get behind our grill a little bit. If you and I want to go to a new place in 2023, we got to empty the trash. You know, I meant to say this earlier in the sermon, but I remember years ago, I passed a house in a really expensive neighborhood and they were moving. And uh, I could see the moving truck there. They had the furniture that they were loading in the truck, but their yard, New Spring, was absolutely covered in black trash bags. Couldn't even see grass. And I looked at all those trash bags and I thought to myself, Three things. I know three things about that family. Number one, all, those, all the stuff in those trash bags, it was in their house. And number two, they were, they were carrying what they were moving, and I thought, they don't want to carry this anymore. And number three, here's the big one. I knew they did not want to take this trash to the new place. So that's where we need to be today. We, we need to say there's just trash in our lives. It's, it's, been, it's been in our house, and we don't want to take this anymore. So here's the thing that we're going to, and, and, and before I even get into emptying the trash, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but if I'm talking to somebody and you're like, Mark, this could be okay for other people, but I'm already fatigued just listening to you. <laughs> and the reason why I'm fatigued is there's just so much trash let me ask you a question, because every once in a while, Mark, Mary Alice will say, Mark, you need to, like, you know, just like in the garage or something, you need to do something with all that junk that's out there. And you know what I'll say? I don't even know where to start. And isn't it amazing how not knowing where to start can paralyze you? There's a verse in the Bible, in the book of Nehemiah, which is a book about building because God's people have been in captivity to the Babylonians, but now they can go home and they, they need to rebuild the walls that are all broken down. Watch the language of this verse. The people said, the workers are becoming tired. There is too much trash in the way. We cannot continue to build. So if you're fatigued with me, I mean, not with me, but if you're fatigued, if you're fatigued with me, I'm sorry about that. But if you're fatigued with the message, that's probably why. Because there's just so much trash. Where do we start? You don't feel like building. Well, I wish I could give you, <laughs> I wish I could tell you there's some sort of magic that will make the trash go away. This is where your and my responsibility come, um, come, comes in. We got to get rid of the trash. We got to empty the trash. How do you empty trash in your metaphysical realm? How do, you, how do you empty trash in the mental realm, emotional realm, spiritual realm? Well, there is some good news here because you do the same thing with mental, emotional, and spiritual trash that you do with trash in your house. Because if you have trash in your house, the first thing you do is you bag it. 
Now, you, can't, you drive all the way to New Spring to hear deep, heavy thoughts like that, right? You bag it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Something psychological happens when you bag trash. It's like a decision point. Because how many of you have got stuff that you want to get rid of, and you stand there and look at it and think, do I want to keep this or do I not want to keep it? And you think about how valuable it once was and all that kind of thing. But something magical, psychological happens when you pick it up and you stick it in a black bag. Then it's trash. Because see, here's the thing. Bagging trash defines it as trash. It identifies it. Where was it before? In your refrigerator. In your closet. In your basement. And, and you walk past it every day, but there was a moment where you just said, you know what? In the bag. It identifies it. Now, how do you identify something as trash? Let me give you three thoughts, and I would expand these, but you're very, very smart people, and you'll know how to personalize this. I would say sometimes we identify trash as something that was good once, but it's not good anymore, like milk. I don't know where my single guys are here in the service, but y'all have a tendency to let stuff go past expiration date. And, and you know, you look at that, it looks good. The milk's still white, still in, in, in the... And you pick it up and you start to pour it and you look, look at that expiration date. It, it, three weeks ago. See, it was something that was good once, but now it's not good anymore. At one point it had value, but it doesn't have value anymore. And you say, it's got to go. It's trash. Now, again, I could talk about all kinds of issues and we don't have time for me to talk about issues, but you will know what to do with this. Some of you are in a relationship and you had high hopes for it at one time. But you've been in it long enough to know that it's not healthy. And it's not doing you any good. And that person is keeping you from going where you need to go in 2023. See, here's the reason why we're reluctant to bag something that was valuable one, one time. It's because we had investment in it. And, and, and if we put it in the trash, it's like, well, it, it's like it's, it, I'm confronting the fact that I've invested part of my life in something that wasn't going anywhere. But you know what? It doesn't do any good to keep it. And I... I teach leaders all over the country. It's almost like every week I'm talking to leaders. And one of the things I've taught leaders, especially senior leaders of corporations, organizations, and churches, and boy, this is deep. I've always said to them, spoiled milk doesn't go good. Good milk gets spoiled, but spoiled milk doesn't go, isn't that deep? I mean, it's like, it's like if you had milk in your refrigerator and it's expired three weeks ago and you're like, well, you know what? I'm going to keep it a few more weeks and maybe it'll go good again. No, that doesn't happen. And there's just stuff in our life that we've invested in and it was good once or we thought it might be good, but now it's not good and we know it's not good and we're reluctant to let it go because we have investment in that. If you want to go where God wants you to go, let go of it. Some of us have dreams and plans that just never going to materialize and all of a sudden we open our eyes and there are new opportunities, but we don't want to go to those new opportunities because we have investment in something that didn't go well and we just stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. It just grinds on us. Like I said, I'm not going to preach this. You will know what to do with that. Stuff that was good once, not good anymore. And then number two, it's just stuff that never was going to do it. You ever, you ever throw away anything? You're like, I don't know why I bought that. It never did do any, it never was what I thought it was going to be. You know, some of us, to be honest, got some issues with alcohol, started drinking when we were young, got us in trouble, started cutting classes, cost us some jobs, 
wound up in the morning talking to the toilet while you're hugging it. Never was good. Bag it. Drugs, porn, anger, insecurity, deception. You'll know what to do with that. Just stuff that never was any good. Number three, clutter. What I'm talking about here is not something that's sinful or bad. It's just it's in the way. You ever watch one of those shows where people like, I don't know if it's on television anymore, but it's like they're hoarders and, and they live in big homes, but the next thing you know, they're living in a little tiny area because they can never throw anything away. And that's where many of us are, especially in our electronic media age. Not necessarily evil, it's just, it just clutters. And when I think about clutter, I think about things that use up your time, stress you out, waste your money, and drain your potential. It's trash. It's got to go. You don't want to carry it anymore. You don't want to take it to your new location. Bag it. Like I say, something happens when you bag trash. You identify it. And now here's a really deep thought. The second thing you do with trash is you take it out to the curb. Take it out. Be gone with it. I don't know. Don't, don't elbow your husband and identify him. Um, ladies, anybody have a husband here and he's got an old shirt, a hoodie or jacket and he should have thrown it away about seven, eight, ten years ago and you're getting ready to go someplace where you're going to meet people that matter and that rascal puts that on and you're like, you're not riding in the car with me if you're wearing that. (laughs) You're going to go in a different car and when we get there, I'm going to say, I don't know you. You need to throw that in the trash. Now, I'm going to ask you this, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, what I'm about to talk about, somebody that you know and love has done that, and he's standing on the stage. I just want you to know that. <laughs> you ever, and, and under pressure have you, and duress, have you ever watched him put it in the trash bag, and you're like, thank God that's gone forever? And, and he puts it in the trash bag, and then two weeks later, you go into the closet, <laughs> and it's made a miraculous reappearance. And you know what that bird did? He went out to the trash and pulled it back out. Now, you know what? I can do that sometimes in life because it's like, okay, this is no good. Uh, it was good once, but it's not good anymore. It never was good or it's just clutter and I can put it in the trash, but it's like, you know what? I want to go back and do that again. Hey, you bag trash, you put it out. And you let the trash truck come and get it. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 1, verse 21, get rid of all the filth and evil in our lives. Finish with this. <laughs> I was born at night. I really was, but not last night. And I've been pastoring for a long time. And I've talked to thousands of Christians, and I've listened to thousands of Christians. I know what some Christians will say. They'll say, uh, Mark, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray for God just to take this out of my life. I know what that means. It means they don't want to be responsible for it. It's like, I I can't get rid of this trash. Always remember this. God will do a lot of things for you, but he'll never bag your trash and he'll never take it out. Now, once you do that, he'll help you, give you all kinds of strength. But I've had people tell me, I just want God to take this away from me. Do you know what God would have to do to take trash away from you? He'd have to kill you. That's a fact. Because you see, God has given us all free will. And the only way he could take our trash away from us is to put our lights out. And he's not going to do that. Bagging it, taking it out is up to us. 
And I tell you what, if you're willing to do that today, if you're willing to look at your life and say, this is trash, I don't need it anymore, it's going out of my life, and you're willing to claim by faith what God says you can have and who God says you are, 2023 can be a brand new year. But beyond that, Monday can be a new day. Tuesday can be even new for Monday. Every day, remember his mercies are new. God, God makes all things new. Any person in Christ is a new person, and God's mercy train is running every day. You can start fresh. Well, I said I was going to finish with that thought. One more. It could be that someone's here today and you say, Mark, I got something in my past that's so dark. I don't think I can be new. And you know what you probably think? You probably think pretty much everybody else here doesn't have that kind of thing. Can I just tell you what? Everybody does. All of us have moments in our lives that we don't want anyone to know about. And I think that's one of the things that causes us to shrink back from God because we feel like if I ever got close to God, maybe he wouldn't make that offer to me. <laughs> I've thought about an old story that my dad, my dad was a pastor. He used to tell this when I was a little boy and I'm about to find out where all my baby boomers are because I heard this story in church when I was a little kid and when I was in high school, Tony Orlando and Don came and made it a number one song. Stories about a man who had been in prison. And now he's out of prison and he's on the bus and he was gonna pass by the house where his wife and kids lived and the house next door where his parents lived but he didn't know if they would be okay with him coming home. He thought they might not ever want to see him again. So before he had gotten out of prison, he wrote him a letter and he said, I'm going to be on the bus and I'm going to be riding in front of our house. And he said, I fully understand if you don't ever want to see me again. But he said, if you're open to seeing me again, he said, would you just do something? Would you, there's a big tree in the front yard. Would you tie a yellow ribbon around that tree? And when I'm on the bus, if I see a yellow ribbon, I'll ask them to stop and let me off. But he said, if there's no yellow ribbon, I'll stay on the bus and keep rolling. But as the bus got closer and closer to the houses, he got so nervous and so afraid of what he might not see that he couldn't look. And he asked the people who were riding around him, he said, we're going to pass a certain house. And if there's no yellow ribbon out there, would you just tell me? Or if there is a yellow ribbon, you can tell me, but I can't bear to look. <laughs> when they were pulled in front of his house, all of a sudden the entire bus erupted in cheers because there wasn't a single yellow ribbon around the tree. The yard and the house were filled with yellow ribbons. That's a great story, but it can't even begin to compare to God because our God says you can be new and you can start fresh and the past is gone. You saw what I saw. You read that verse. If any person's in Christ, that person's a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And it'll be new tomorrow and it'll be new after that. And you're perpetually new throughout eternity. And the good news is it's a gift. That's where religion screws us up. God can offer you what religion can never can. God says, if you will come. This is the reason why Jesus died on the cross. Have you ever look at a cross, you see his arms outstretched. According to God, the blood that came out of his body was a currency that paid for all of our wrongs so that we could start new. 
And it's the power that raised Jesus from the dead that gives us the power to live in perpetual newness. And you can do that today. Is there anybody here who wants a new start? You want a new beginning? Jesus has paid for it. How do you, what do you do with a gift? Do you pay for it? It's not a gift if you do. Do you have to earn it? It's not a gift. Some of you have been in relationships like that. A gift is a gift. It's free. And what do you do with a gift? You just reach out and accept it. This is the reason why the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So as I close this service, I'm going to ask you all just to bow your head for a moment because I'm going to pray a prayer that calls on, on the Lord. And he will hear your prayer. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray this prayer in segments so you can decide if you want to pray it. You don't have to pray out loud. You can just pray in your heart, but God will hear you. And 2023 will be the beginning of eternity for you. You ready? Here we go. Dear God, I am a sinner. I'm broken. I can't fix myself. But I believe you love me very much. I believe Jesus died to pay for my sins. I believe he arose from the grave. And since Jesus is alive, I want him to be my savior and my king. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for letting me start fresh. I declare by your word, I am new. In Jesus' name, amen. Real quickly, if you just pray with me, I have a gift I want to give you. Now, whether you're in South Auditorium, North Auditorium, watching online, watching on television, in this box, there is a New Spring Bible, just like you saw me preach from. And then on top of that, there's a little book I wrote called My New Walk with God that's real short, but it'll answer a lot of questions. There's a journal in here and some other items. No strings attached. We just want to take your first steps with you. So if you want this, and if you're online or on television, just text prayed to 97,000 and follow the steps. We'll mail this to you. But if you're on campus, you can get this right now. Just text prayed to 97,000. Go out to any info center. You'll recognize them by this blue coloration. And all you got to do is go out and say, I pray with Mark. And they'll give you this. Thanks for being here. We start this series next weekend. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Wichita, the surrounding area, we'd love for you to engage with us in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our incredible kids and student environments, visit us at newspring.org. One more time, newspring.org.